Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Greetings everybody out there in dreamland. Thank you all once again for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most Gulf Coast of Texas, and it is my pride and privilege to be doing so. Thank you listeners, new and old. Thank you all that have shown your support. Thank you all that will show your support. Thank you all who will listen to this someday in the future. So I want to tell you that your attention and time are appreciated. I understand they are valuable. Thank you for sharing them. On a few minutes of some truth podcasting, however and whenever you find yourself listening to this. Hope you've checked out Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan, if that's even relevant. It may have been taken down by the time you've listened to this, and then again, it may not even exist. Existentially, it's a strange thing to think about. Because the internet is ephemeral, it moves like sand and what's considered almost permanent and almost unimaginably concrete in five to ten years can quickly become relevant. It's happened before. But also my social media does get banned and deplatformed from time to time. Lately, the Instagram, but, you know, as recently as last year, TikTok and uh, various, I think it was two TikTok accounts, Patreon, and, um, you know, a few others as well. They finally got the Instagram, so check out the link tree for relevant, up-to-minute updates on that. Keep up-to-date, keep in the know, keep your finger on the pulse as far as internet activity is concerned. It's greatly appreciated. It's free to do. You know, follow, follow along, and uh, stay in touch. You know, stay in the conversation. Join the Telegram group, etc. Join the uncensored Telegram group. Uh, glad to have you aboard. You know, learning the truth and seeing the world with, you know, the real world. You know, with open eyes. So today we're going to be on a another podcast. A uh, it's called Strange Neighborhood Podcast. Typically about a mud flood, great reset, Tartarian themed vibe. It's been a hot minute since I've done a Tartarian great reset mud flood themed episode, but um, this will be an interview, at least sharing the theory that the Gulf of Mexico is the Fertile Crescent, as well as the various implications that it has, including Egypt being in the Western Hemisphere, the Old Testament, Torah, and origins of the Quran, the Abrahamic faiths being set in events in the Western Hemisphere, and um, the importance of Tenochtitlan 
various areas such as Florida, the Caribbean, etc., to the history of the world, the true history of the world. And how it's hidden in plain sight, and how it's been covered up, and just how just absolutely shocking they've disclosed this information in the mainstream very recently, but it's just it's because it's just hidden in plain sight, people will never ever be able to realize the enormity of the truth right around them. And it literally rewrites the history of the world. So thank you for sticking around. You know, make the introductions shorter, more streamlined this year moving forward. So thank you all in advance for listening to it. Next time you'll hear me, we'll be on the Strange Neighborhood podcast, talking with their hosts. Just having a great conversation about the Great Reset, Tartarian, and Mud Flood-themed discipline of alternate history. It's an incredible subject, it really is. And and I absolutely just have the hardest time wrapping my mind around it because I'm so programmed and brainwashed into the uh, Western academic worldview of the history of the world. And it's like absolutely everything I'm taught has to be relearned. But I'm looking forward to it. And I think I've done a good amount of work into it. Simplifying and trying to summarize it for you. So, thank you very much. Stick it around. Next, we'll be on Strange Neighborhood Podcast. But, um, what, what is your name? What do you want me to call you? Oh, I go by text uh, when I'm recording, at least this okay, year forward. Yeah. Um, Let's just leave it at that so it don't get mixed up. Right exactly. <laughs> See, it's, okay. it, it's exactly because it's a lot of, it's streamlined. It makes sense. It's very compact yeah. as like, a, you know, the name and the show and it all, the name is the show. It makes a lot of sense when, at least when I thought of it, you know, so it's weird when people yeah. are like, they expect you to go by your full name and it's like, yeah. No, no, no. It's a, oh, it's not like, like when you Google my name, you know, it's not going to come up. <laughs> and you Google yeah. the show, it will come up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I I kind of like struggle with where to be anonymous it's on the internet sometimes, I think. And I have made some choices that, you know, you wish you could take your name off things, but you're right. <laughs> but uh, do you want to just introduce yourself first? And um, talk about, like, what you do, and then uh, then we'll just get right into it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just so you know, I'm recording, too, so I can release it on my uh, side of things. And I've just hit record. So, yeah, let's just jump right into the, the conversation. Um, Perfect. That's sweet. Yeah, I'm the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, I go by Tex uh, for shorthand. But Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast uh, and multi-channel media experience basically posting dark web evidence across the web although to be honest social media is the uh, dead you know it's the snake that bit me uh basically i've had a couple of channels that grew very large uh tiktok that had you know millions of views on videos and uh instagram that had like thousands of followers and then they got deplatformed because of the censorship exactly, you know, and going around. And I know a lot of people know exactly what I'm talking about when a channel gets nuked. And, uh, I think it's becoming like really obvious about that. Yeah. Like even like normies are like, why do channels get really like, you know, it's kind of out in the open now that they just terrorize people. 
Exactly. So um, if you can find my channels, uh, Twitter, for example, I'm really uh, focusing energy on currently. Uh, but even that shadow band, uh, my second Instagram channel is up, Beyond Top Secret Texan 2. You can find all that information on Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. It's the one link, you know, you really just search all my all my web activity on. But I got a pod page, a web page podpage.com slash beyond top secret texan if you want a web browser version where you can listen to all my episodes or you can check out uh my show on all the major uh podcast providers from iHeartRadio to spotify to you know apple podcast down to all the obscure ones as well like himalaya uh pod page you know uh breaker all the all the podcast pages typically or should have my podcast on it and if they don't, then let me know, and I can, I can help put it on there. Uh, yeah, and we'll just I'll add all your links at the bottom too, so that people can find you wherever you are. Been, yeah, been doing this since uh, been doing this since twenty twenty full time. Uh, started with YouTube videos, um, and really started with Secret Space Program and Close Encounter Survival, uh, personal experiences and my knowledge started kind of uh, flowing and stemming from there, and I started embracing things like the uh, Great Reset, uh, Mud Flood, um, you know, discipline, basically, as well as I've been known to work in cryptozoological terms, true crime terms, into the occult. Uh, my, my history knowledge is pretty good, both conventionally, uh, because I have an education in it, but also uh, just because it's a passion of mine. And so learning about the Great Reset, learning about the Mud Flood, a lot of things started clicking. And I was like, my, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here shell-shocked before we go into this because I've had to relearn everything. And, and it's, it's not like I didn't know history coming into this. But what I can safely say is everything I have been taught and everything everyone is taught is absolutely wrong. Yeah, and and that's where like that's kind of just to justify why I like going on to podcasts. And I think if you actually counted a lot of my interviews um, and our shows in like twenty twenty one were in this subject, and um, I'm I'm very interested in it. Like everything from the high technology that must have been around to the giant size of the people to the engineering you know genius that these people had to create uh monoliths and um from getting into it with ancient aliens to moving on to knowing that it's actually just the real history of mankind covered up it's crazy and, and it? yeah exactly like it's and and when you start learning about things like the mound builders in America, that there are 200,000 cities in North America along the Mississippi river that no one even talks about that belong to the native Americans mm-hmm. and that the real history reports, you know, and like I said, I absolutely know that you go and you read journals of the settlers of the pilgrims of the colonists to learn about the truth. And they're just talking about finding entire <laughs> abandoned towns uh, mm-hmm. with like stonework and, and masonry and um, relevant to what we're going to be talking about up until very recently 
like up until the Rockefeller takeover, which is an absolute verifiable fact that in the 1913 Rockefeller took over the education system, that people in America, yeah, people in America had a very high, uh, like they had a very high knowledge of what we would consider uh, this, this knowledge that we're talking about now. They knew where we came from. People knew that. Like, they knew that Florida was the Garden of Eden. Uh, everyone from the governor to the travel bureau of Florida would, would talk about it. There are postcards with that information on it. Uh, everyone Crazy. knew, yeah, the history of, like, uh, Mexico uh, and, and, like, uh, the history of the Mississippi people, the Creek Indians, that they weren't what's being told now, which is technologically primitive, uh, basically a wilderness, a frontier that didn't have anything until the European settlers came in the late 1800s and and that it was mostly just sitting there for the taking because nothing existed. And that's absolutely a myth. Uh, it definitely is. Did you know that, like, I'm not sure how familiar you are with my channel or my show, but I go back in a lot of times into the old newspaper archives and then look up, like, all the... Um, weird things they found back in those days and they just reported that we know nothing about like ancient ruins and structures and like crazy things all over the states exactly so this is, like super interesting for me exactly like um it, it's not even the fact that these things existed and they didn't have people in them they had a full civilization that lived in them that is highly relevant to the history of the world uh all peoples of the world including europe um and basically, it's all a very modern rewriting, uh, including the things that we hold sacred, the sacred cow, uh, crows of our society. You can also call them sacred cows. And uh, this may be very heretical to a lot of people listening, but uh, the history of man is not from Africa or the Mesopotamia, the Fertile Crescent. It's from the Western Hemisphere and from North America are specifically the Gulf of Mexico and specifically Florida. And mm-hmm. and this is uh, verified, even embraced historically by a lot of Christian esoteric theologians and fundamentalists because of uh, the various realities in the book of Genesis in describing uh, the flood, the great deluge, and the days of Noah, and uh, the Garden of Eden, with geographical features in Florida. So, like, to basically understand this whole thesis, um, the start from the very beginning, literally the very beginning, uh, is the factual, like, the, basically the, the biblical fact that the only geographic place that is described that has any relevance to the Garden of Eden in the world is that the, the uh, River Nile has, or basically in the Garden of Eden, there's a river with four uh, or a body of water with four rivers. Uh, basically a head sharing four river bodies. And it doesn't exist in the Middle East where they say the Tigris and Euphrates does. It exists in the Chattahoochee and the Florida and Georgia border. Fascinating. This, as well as the fact that the Bible mentions 28 different kinds of trees, and those 28 different kinds of trees are uh, native to the same area, the Appalachia area of Florida, 
and that uh, one tree, the gopher wood, is only native and only found in this one area. And gopher wood Crazy. is what Noah was told to build the ark by God. And this is still in all translations, even in the King James Version, no matter how uh, changed and reformed and liberalized or, uh, you know, agendized or uh, from the Catholic scripture to the to the all Abrahamic faiths understand and recognize yeah. this one thing that that Noah was told to build the ark out of gopher wood. It was made out of gopher wood. And Gopherwood is native only to one place, and that is the Appalachian line between um, the uh, the Ozarks and the Atlantic Ocean. And that basically, yeah, that this was enough region to say that whatever geographical location that they were truly referring to had to have been on the Western Hemisphere. And that up until the 1913s um, and, and onward, when... Rockefeller, and remember, Rockefeller took over the entire nation vertically and horizontally, including creating the fake Zionist conservative Christians, uh, which were not Christians, uh, basically a bunch of hedonists, you know, in wolves in sheep's clothing who would uh, be demagogues and rise up the the Pentecost, basically. And uh, these people have very flimsy knowledge on basically any scripture and were told to constantly promote the uh, Sea of Galilee, uh, the the idea of Israel being in the Middle East, and this was before Israel was even created as a state. You know, and so that the idea that yeah. this was all connected to a much larger conspiracy, yes. But that the erasure of our history came from the outside and it's relatively very modern because there were there's still video and if anyone wants to look this up simply youtube search uh this because there are videos on youtube about christian theologians who in the 20th century figured this all out and and swore by it and that it had relevance and it had a lot of movement uh especially in things like the american esoteric and occult, what you would call Gnostic Christian sects, like the uh, Order of Melchizedek, which is a Christian group. You know, there are so many different Christian groups, uh, but it is an actual official, you know, uh, tax-exempt kind of, you know, status Christian group in uh, in America, operating out of Florida. And that, Flor- like I said, the Florida Postcards, Florida uh, Travel Bureau, and the governor himself and stuff would go on to say these things like in passing, that it just is, because it's one of those cultural things that, in the time, people just knew. And it's it's still legacy. It's, it's like a legacy knowledge, until it was erased by the, you know, federal, quote-unquote federal standards of education, the Smithsonian, owned by the British, owned by Freemasons, and controlled from the very top down by Rockefeller and the proxies of Rothschild and the masters they serve which we know as Darwinian science. It came from the Royal Academy. That's all Freemasonic alchemists. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this is going to be expl- a lot easier to understand. And, and I'm still don't know fully. I'm shell-shocked and just able to report on a secret war that's been going on for thousands of years and that literally we're not supposed to know about. It, this is the fucking weirdest shit to me. I am shell-shocked here. <laughs> like... 
just think that everything that I was ever taught was wrong and intentionally taught wrong and you know wrong so that I couldn't be locked away uh, spiritually from my inheritance of the country that I was born in and that 300 million plus people are born in and and more including in Mexico and Canada and Central and South America the entire Western Hemisphere is duped into believing that we are that the history of the world is one way and that we are who we really are which is this uh, the origin the cradle of civilization and uh, not only civilization but a humankind and to get into just a, a real like not even this before we even get into the the Abrahamic stuff that North America is more than meets the eye. Do you know camels and elephants and horses, big cats, etc., all evolved in South and North America in the Western Hemisphere and then migrated outward to Asia and Africa? Crazy. I was actually thinking about <clears throat> the cypress trees as well because I found... Because you were talking about trees before, and then when you just said this about the animals, it made me think about this, because their cypress trees are, like, in that area as well, in, like, around Florida and, like, in around the Mississippi Valley and stuff like that. And there are only other places in the Mediterranean where the trees are. And I'm like, did they start in the Mediterranean or did they start in North America? Oh, yes. And one of that, that specific thing... Um, is easily explained when I get to the point of Phoenician colonization. And what, what do you do when you colonize an area is you bring your own plants there because, you know, you want to grow, literally like Johnny Appleseed, you bring the seeds to grow the orchards and the, the crop and the fruit that you really want to indulge in. Like you're, you're reshaping and regrowing your home overseas. It was brought to Europe. That is brought to Europe because that is not native to the the actual cliff sides and rocky. Uh, it's infertile. It's actually a volcanic ash in the Mediterranean because of all the major volcanic and earthquake. It's just it, it's it's infertile in the whole Mesopotamia being called the Fertile Crescent. It's kind of like a a sick joke in, in a lot of ways because it has to be heavily irrigated. And even today it's barren. It's absolutely barren and it's wealth is not from agriculture, which it has to import most of its food. You know, it's, it's oil. And the only reason they want to give it any significance is to, um, incentivize this kind of like, I don't know, uh, destruction of the western hemisphere based on a number of standards and exactly like we can go into that later but that's its own realm of thinking like why are they doing this and and what I mean, like why like what exactly are they trying to yeah. accomplish but um i think about that so much like why like what this is like the big lie of civilization and like why why what for? Like, what is the motive? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's some of the things that were like, it's two different things. Like, to actually learn about the truth and try to figure that out and then realize, and then try to figure out why they're lying to us. Why the lie? Yeah. What What don't they want us to know about this? And one of the weirdest things is that, yeah, they, we think that things like citrus fruits 
grow naturally in the Mediterranean, like Israeli grapefruits. Grapefruits are native to South Texas and Florida. <laughs> Florida is the citrus state. Oranges grow from Florida, and they want you to think that they're not. They, they want you to think they're from China, or that they're from some a weird, uh, you know, place like, uh, like how apples, they're trying to, like, rewrite the history of apples and say we got apples from China. And you're like... What? 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 No, exactly. How did the how did America become synonymous with a Chinese fruit? And then they're like, exactly. Well, Johnny Appleseed, like the whole idea that used to be colloquial knowledge that yeah, a guy just walked around planting apple trees literally everywhere. That's why they're literally you just reach up and grab an apple. And then because they've taken away the apple from the common man, they have taken away fruit from a common man. That's a totally different thing. That they've divorced him from reality, and they can say that apples are from uh, China, and that he has no recourse but to believe them. And that's just a microcosm of the big lie. Like, why are they doing this? Why are they trying to rewrite everything in our history to take it away from the West, taking it away from the Western Hemisphere, either North or South America, and, and try to put everything, including their heritage, in the East, in Europe, in uh, specifically Europe, um, and that is uh, what I think. Will I like? I'll help explain once we get down the historical, and I'll just jump into the Abrahamic things now, uh, because it's in the Garden of Eden, is in Florida. Realistically, all of the events in the Old Testament happened in the West. Like, that's just the one thing that's immediately present. I'm not saying that after the flood, the Ark was built in Noah went across the Atlantic Ocean, where then the historical records of the world are now accurate because, say, the children of Noah uh, formed Babylon and where Babylon is, and Egypt where the Nile River is, and the Greeks where the Greek islands are. None of that happened. It all happened in the West. It And the West, Western geography was very different and the history of the West was very old. They were saying people lived in North America as old as 370,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So this, realistically, without even... Because you, you can't rely on the timeline. It could be anywhere from all this beginning 370,000 years ago, like in the book of Genesis, or it'd be as young as... They say historically, like, they say the Aztecs only emerged in the 1400s and then only ruled for 100 years before the Spanish showed up. So they only had 100 years of uncontacted existence, which is ridiculous to believe that... Exactly, the Spanish just immediately, by coincidence, showed up before the society... And they didn't build the pyramids, and no one knows who does, who did, because the, when the lie was made, most of the pyramids were under jungle canopy already. So the jungle, the rainforest, had grown over them, and only until now, when we have LIDAR, which is a laser light, you know, like, uh, basically a laser inspection um, that goes and can see through foliage, see through debris. It's extremely high-tech. Only now do we realize almost all of the Amazon jungle is artificially grown. There are cities that stretch 
that, that literally just they're metropolises. They just stretch into each other. You can't tell them apart. And there are thousands like of pyramids um, all through Venezuela, the Amazon, uh, you know, all of uh, South America, basically all of the Peruvian mountains, all of Mexico, all of Central America. It's 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 mind numbing to think of the archaeological and uh, engineering of like both the archaeological significance, but the engineering capabilities of these people when they literally built uh, cities larger than we have now out of stone or uh, what we would know typically as an Aztec looking pyramid, you know, like, you know, it's very distinctly, it's not Aztec. Aztec is also not what they called themselves. Uh, There's the whole history of uh, what we're going to get into with Tignoctalon that everything we've been told is an absolute lie and it's absurd. Uh, For example, in Wikipedia, it even says it in the first paragraph, just on Tignoctalon, that no one knows when the city was built. It was said to have been built in the 1325 simply because they wanted to celebrate the 600th anniversary of Mexico City in the year 1925. Simply because they wanted to have a party in the city with a parade to celebrate 600 years of Mexico City, they said, fuck it, that's when the Aztecs built the city. And it, it, and you look at, like I said, the Rockefeller, uh, at the same time Mexico was going through the same exact you know, bullshit where these scientific people, these men of universities who were experts. trained in experts <laughs> who were trained in Europe who were all freemasons came mm-hmm. to to these po- positions of power they called them the scientificos in in uh, Mexico during the time of the revolution the president was a man named Porfirio Diaz this is a man who's synonymous with cruelty and being a western sellout in in traditional history in Mexico he's a villain he's an absolute villain uh, and, and everyone's understanding of him. He was a tyrant. He was basically a dictator. Uh, he started the Mexican Civil War where one-tenth of the population in Mexico died over uh, ten years of fighting. And he literally rewrote the history of Mexico as far as the West is concerned. That has been the official story moving forward. Um, so these are the kinds of people we're dealing with back in the 1900s. These are like social Darwinists. These are people who literally were just racist uh, xenophobes and who uh, were all part of rewriting and putting impl- implanting things like non-religious education, secular education, things like that. And I'm not saying the, the religious education was any better, but it's, it's just a different cult. The Freemasons are just a different cult. Science has just become a different cult. It's teaching the wrong thing, or it's teaching the thing that they only want you to know, and any questioning of it is considered heresy. And, you know, if they could burn you at the stake, they would. Like, they literally would. Exactly. Like, we learned since 2020 onward that these people are no better than, like, witch hunters and things like that. If they say they're for science and that they're whatever... They're they're gonna still burn you at the stake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, what yeah, a weird couple of years. <laughs> moving moving into the Abrahamic side of things, like I said, it all means that the the Old Testament happened in the the New World, 
and it's not the new world. The new world is the old world. And that the before we move on, can I just ask you one thing? Do you think that the jungle was intentionally planted to hide the pyramids, or was it something else that was intentionally planted that got out of hand? It could have been. Honestly, that could be. It could also be that uh, just literally they didn't get to it, and that we're dealing with like a post-apocalyptic civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're dealing with a great reset, and I think the great reset goes beyond things like the Spanish conquest or smallpox. It goes beyond anything man-made. We're dealing with the survivors right now who uh, who were so far away, I think, that they just were not affected by whatever happened on this hemisphere. And I think what happened in this hemisphere was a combination of an a- either a comet or an asteroid or um, something even weirder, something like a plasma shift or like a, a you know, like a, I don't know, like a big uh, solar flare or a volcano or something. Like, volcanoes can be pretty gnarly. Uh, the super volcano in Yosemite, for example, could could really mess a whole civilization up. That could mess a hemisphere up for a couple of years. And I don't think they died out. I think they went subterranean. I think they still exist. Um, it's just that we on the surface you know, have been putting up with some pretty crazy weather. It's a part of a grander, grander theory to say that we are still in, like, the doomsday kind of feeling. We're still in Mad Max. We just kind of got civilized a lot faster than than they do in the movies. You know, like, people's natural tendencies are not to, like, constantly slit each other's throats. You know, we mellow out pretty fast. <laughs> like, so... Yeah. So after a few decades of, like, constant nonstop warfare with each other, we kind of were just like, okay, everyone settle the fuck down. <laughs> like, okay, we're, we, yeah. we survived the apocalypse. Let's figure There's out what the hell all these buildings are for. We'll or it's like, yeah, it let's figure yeah. out what all these buildings are for. Where did all these cities come from? Like, mm-hmm. and think about it. Like, if, if you really broke it down, um, they're telling us the truth always in our face that, with the post-apocalypse stuff, with the zombie stuff. We don't know uh, fully what happened, but we know that the world can end. We know the world is literally on a razor's edge, and if anything goes wrong, we're going to go right back to caveman days. And I think that's what happened. Um, but I think it has something to do with a mass depop. Maybe they evacuated. Like It's actually written a lot in Native American lore that uh, great lodges came from the sky and took whole tribes of like Cherokee and you know Creek and uh, these tribes like uh, like the the Aztecs and Asazi were taken by sky peoples or relocated or you know they they originally survived the great cataclysm the Blue Star uh, disaster by going underground and so that. You know, subterranean, you know, evacuation is already existing in their mythologies, their creation cycles. They have underworlds and stuff like that that are real places to them and in their uh, folklore. So, like, it, I, exactly, like, I don't think they died out. I don't think they were defeated in war. I don't think that they um, were victims. I think that they kind of just for like they kind of just left and and you know where did they go that's a great mystery but surely these people were were way too intelligent and technologically advanced to be taken out by any one thing um yeah 
but that's like that's that kind of goes for just how creepy this all is because uh, when we start well, talking about well, well, the, the ancient Egyptians, sorry. for example, like oh, go on. Uh, I was just going to say, like, before we move on, when you said, like, um, it could have been any kind of cataclysm and that volcanoes can do a lot of damage. Have you ever heard of the year without summer? Yes. Yes. It was, like, in the early 1800s. Yeah, little ice ages. Yeah. Little ice ages are... Yeah, a volcano went off and there was, like, no summer and it caused... I think it caused a potato famine in Ireland and, like, a bunch of famines and starvation. Yeah, and there are, like, there's Pompeii. There's... uh, the explosion of, of the Mycenaean islands are Crete. Uh, there are islands in the Greek Peloponnese that are just volcano ash. And there are, um, you know, there are volcanoes in the Pacific Ocean. There's, like stu- there's stuff they found in the 1800s where there was like um, ruins in all over America that were like, looked like high heat events. Yeah. They have a bunch in some episodes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, People don't know that volcanoes are all over America. Um, And this is something that's kind of a Mandela effect. But I also think it's just like we are taught so much bullshit when we are young. I remember learning that America didn't have any volcanoes, maybe like Mount St. Helens. And the reason why Mount St. Helens was important is because it surprised a lot of people that America had a volcano. And now it's like America is full of volcanoes and uh, fault lines. And things like the New Madrid uh, fault line and I think Alabama or along the Mississippi River had the most powerful recorded earthquake in American history. And it was so powerful it made the Mississippi River flow backwards. Yeah. So it's not like North America is safe. We also have tornadoes and like weird superstorms, And uh, it gets extremely cold. Because America, North America is in mostly the Arctic Circle. So even as like, when it comes to just, if you thought of it logically, most people are not going to live in Canada or North America. It's way too cold in the winter. Like, like it's surprising Chicago is so populated. And New York City, when people could just live in the South, and it's colder in Chicago than in Antarctica sometimes. Like, that's a reality. Like, it, it gets super fucking cold in America and Canada, obviously Canada and Alaska. Yeah. Um, so if you're thinking about where you're going to build your civilization, I'd build it where Brazil is because yeah. it's not going to get cold. Or if it does, I mean, it's not like, it's on it's near the equator, right? Like, that's going to help out. Yeah. Like. Or that sweet Yucatan Peninsula or somewhere like that. Which right? is, yeah, which is what I'm saying. Like, it's not considered. Yeah. And, and. People forget that, and even in North America, that there are like the names for the Great Plains is the Great North American Desert, uh, the Mojave Desert, Death Valley, uh, the Rocky Mountains are just like the Badlands of Montana. Like it's just terrible geography that's super difficult to even exist with, and like America will kill you. It's no country for fucking uh, weaklings. It's People don't understand it because they live in their cities. Like, mm-hmm. America is full of natural predators. And it just, like, you know, it can resort back to the land. And so is South America. Let's say the same thing over there. Just as above, so below on that one. Like, down by the equator. Uh, you know, you let things go for maybe 200, 300 years. And it's going to go right back to jungle. No matter what you're talking about. 
It's it's going to fall apart if it can fall apart. It's going to have snakes and jaguars all in it. Um, you know, it's going to completely go back to nature within, like, a uh, few generations. You know, not even a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And, and it's... People don't realize that. You could have metal naval ships completely rust in, in harbor. You could have uh, all the glass in buildings, you know, fall out and... Um, the building be overtaken with vines and then uh, crumble down uh, due to, you know, water damage. Uh, all your streets will be buried in foliage and dirt, like, within with almost overnight. Mm-hmm. And, and, and wild animals will just take a refuge in it. And it's not like... This does. It's not like it's unprecedented because we are dealing with it right now. the The Amazonian discoveries. They found out most of the dirt in the Amazon jungle is man made. It's a That's type crazy. of soil called uh, bio ash, and it was specifically what? put there because it's the compost heaps made from burning animals and old wood, campfires, things like that. Like just daily burning and, and usage, you put all your trash and burn it. It's called bio ash, and it's what basically is the the growing soil, the topsoil of the Amazon jungle. It's not native, uh, and, and in fact, the Amazon jungle actually has very poor soil, and it's very infertile. It was made fertile because people live there. Crazy. Exactly. So these people, when I'm saying that it's the Old Testament and things, these are literally where people originated from and it's been lost to man and nature um but it was it was only created to the point where nature could overtake it because people helped create the situations that we're in now like i think north america was mostly underwater and historically you find things like shark's teeth in montana or like shells in the in the you know colorado rockies and stuff like that like, yeah, so where I live, I live on the east side of the um, Rocky Mountains in northern British Columbia, Canada, and there's like uh, seashells, seashell fossils everywhere around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are on the east side of the mountains. Like, there shouldn't be, even if you look at flood maps, like, we should be the last thing underwater. If you know, you know. And there are maps with California as an island. There are maps with yep, uh, the Mississippi River as kind of an ocean or a big lake. You know, like there, like America had a lot more water going up and down into its like actual core, and I believe that in theory it was Atlantis. It looked geographically like Atlantis, or even even more so when we go into talking about Tenochtitlan, that Tenochtitlan could be easily considered Atlantis, and that we're just dealing with um, a historically edited and watered down reality saying things like that when Homer described Atlantis, he was talking about a different city than or a different place than clearly the major urban civilization of North America that lived in the Gulf of Mexico and uh, the Yucatan Peninsula and Central and South America, and that he was talking about a mythological place that we've never found and we have no evidence for and that could theoretically have been an island that sank near the Azores or whatever. And you're like, it was talking about North. It was clearly talking about a city that sounds exactly like Tignoctalon. Like it's it's a city literally on water 
with rings and ports and like little like water bridges and things and the only thing that we we uh get confused with are the descriptions like yeah there were elephants there and yeah there were elephants in North America they were called them mastodons they were mastodons mammoths mammoths yeah like yeah there was like Egyptians Egyptians uh, exactly yeah. When when I'm gonna say like we were Egypt, the things to keep in mind to go into details are not like you said. Don't get bogged down too much into details. Like, oh well, if it's Egypt, why wasn't it on an Egypt in a map? Egypt was never called Egypt. Egypt was either called Kemet right. or Goshen, and that Egypt, uh, like in the Bible, it's called Goshen, the land of Goshen, and then uh, and are they called themselves academically? They called themselves the Kemet, uh, the nation of Kemet, the place, the kingdom of Kemet, and then uh, they never called themselves the Egyptians, and that it was just the land of pyramids along the Nile River, and the Nile River was never called the Nile River; it was called the River of Isis, <laughs> you know, and the Isis River, the Mississippi. Isis is in the word Isis. Mississippi. And that when you think also, of things like, like all along the Mississippi, there's like like um, cities named after cities. Exactly. Egypt. Yeah, exactly. So people get bogged down, uh, get distracted with details like nation names or ethnicities or people like descriptions. Uh, the Egyptians have been discovered in the Grand Canyon, and mm-hmm. the things like the Old Testament describe the land of Goshen, Egypt, as um, having one third of its of its territory on the east side of the Nile River and two-thirds of its territory on the west side of the Nile River. America is one-third on the east side of the Mississippi River and two-thirds on the west side of the Mississippi River. When you start thinking about it, what they're describing, and not necessarily what it's named... Or like you know, a rose under any other name would still be a rose, you know. Like it's it's not the name that counts or the language. It's it it's it's basically just right in front of people's faces, and um, things like the Native American populations, things like the the true uh, reality of these people has been completely washed away because movies only present them one way or the books only present them one way. Uh, they were Moorish. They were also considered uh, fair-haired in, in some places. They were considered giants. They were considered um, very noble. And they were not the kind of savage that everyone makes them out to be. That Native Americans were not savages. They were a completely what we would know as civilized peoples. Peoples able to keep massive communities thriving with diplomacy and law and order and culture and things. So that it, it goes to say that all of what we've been taught is a lie, but it truly hurts the people who lived here, the people who really created the world that we know, that we actually inherited, that they've been had all of that stolen from them. Um and it, it, so, yeah, kind of moving forward, um, all of the events in Egypt, because America can now be considered Egypt, if you look at things like the Isis River, uh, the, all the iconography of the sickle, a moon, and the star, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Texas, for example, is the Lone Star State. This has kind of always been, you know, weird. Either they, oh, but it's because we were the state, we were a republic, and, you know, it's a Lone Star, like we're independent. It's not. It's the Star of Isis, or otherwise known as the Star of Sirius, or the Venus Star of the North Star. And um, it is absolutely iconography of Isis. It is absolutely in reference to the star and crescent moon uh, featured in Muslim iconography mm-hmm. and Moorish iconography, like in the flag of Turkey. Mm-hmm. And that New Orleans and the basically the Mississippi River Delta still goes by the name Crescent City because it was considered the entire Gulf of Mexico a crescent and considered one basically unified Mesopotamia, uh, so not necessarily a hard Egypt, but the Mesopotamian crescent, everything from the peoples that we would associate with the Canaanites and the Levites and the Hebrews and the Hittites and the various tribes of the Babylonians and the you know Persians, uh, the various tribes of the Old Testament. They were all the local tribes, the tribes that ruled this area. And, and that the stories of Moses leading the Hebrews to a promised land originated in the Western Hemisphere. They are about the people of the Mississippi River. They are about the people who are the mound builders. These stories were, uh, you know, Moses and Aaron are talking about the pyramids and the, the Pharaoh is taxing them and punishing them for making bricks without straw and mud. It's mud from the Mississippi River Delta, probably, or one of the many rivers that feed into it. It's American mud. And that the peoples... I heard, I heard someone else... No, go on. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and the peoples, the Hebrews, the 12 tribes... Were, were spread out from there th- through the Exodus, which is moving through the Badlands, the Colorado Rockies, and either settling in, like the Mormons think, Jerusalem and Salt Lake City, which in Utah there's a lot of evidence for that. I'm not saying that the Mormons um, you know, are, are the correct religion to follow. I'm not saying anything about their religion. I'm saying that historically, though, they are on to something, and that Mormons are very clever about this. They are very, very... Uh, crucial to understanding the real history of what we're dealing with as ridiculous as it sounds the mormons and and their 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 understanding of american history is pretty fucking accurate it's it's they're pretty woke people they're pretty fucking lit uh when it comes to knowing the truth and and holding firm like the fact that native american writing to kind of help understand all of this uh, in a secular way is Phoenician in origin. The Phoenician in origin, they think, constitutes them as being Hebrew, or qualifies the Native Americans as a tribe of the Hebrews. Now, yes, they think that this happened in Israel, where across the Mediterranean, and and Jerusalem is exactly where it is, but actually, actually, no. Uh, By admitting to this, they kind of, you know, they're admitting to the reality of it, that they didn't, come to America, they're from America. That the Phoenicians are the Native Americans, the red man, because Phoenicians are red. And uh, this kind of, you know, goes into, they want to say they're from Finland. They want to say they're Finnish. 
and that it's near Helsinki or the North Pole, and they came to North America and then colonized uh, either culturally or um, physically, and that this is where Aryans come from because Aryans are a distinct tribe not found in North America, but I disagree with that. I think it's 100% all because mankind itself came from North America, and so the Phoenicians would naturally come from North America too, just like we believe they came from the Middle uh, East or the, Mesopot- or the Mediterranean. And it's not that they came from the Mediterranean and moved west. They came from the Gulf of Mexico, the Caribbean specifically, and moved outward along the east and west coasts of, um, along the Atlantic and the European and African coasts. Uh, the Phoenicians. Hey, can I just pause you quickly? My kid's just yelling. I'm just gonna. Oh yeah, no problem. Pause yeah. quick. I'll be like two seconds. <laughs> I don't know what she's yelling about. Their their style of dress were togas. Um, Strange. This is not because they had two parallel societies. It's because I think all of their history has been uh, kind of forced over to an area that didn't really have it to at all to begin with, and that it's kind of a massive uh, theatrical fraud where they're creating artifacts and creating historical relics and out of movie sets and things in the uh, new or the old world to try to convince us that that's the old world. But all the peoples of the Old Testament, from the Greeks to being the Creek Indians, uh, spoke Phoenician or ancient Hebrew. And ancient Hebrew is important to this because, like I said, all those people come from the ancient Hebrews. Uh, it's it's basically regarded as the fact that when they're discussing the uh, two worlds that exist in the Old Testament, those are literally the two of the original surviving uh, societies. The land of Goshen, which is the Egyptian school of magic, the Egyptian worldview, the worship of Ra, the sun god, and then the Canaanites. And the Canaanites, to put it simply, are all the tribes from the Philistines, etc., who worship uh, basically uh, what we would call devils, but they're not. It's just, you know, different various Sumerian and Semitic gods of the, of the time, like Baal and ISIS, etc. I'm just saying, without getting any secular into this, both are societies, one's worshipping the Egyptian pantheon, the other one's worshipping a, a, a Sumerian pantheon that would become, that's the Anunnaki, that would become the Greek gods, they would become the Viking gods, they would become the uh, gods of the, all I'm the lands. I'm super interested in this kind of thing, like in how the characters repeat through different theologies as well. So like, all Christians go around calling, saying things about Baal and and Canaanite gods, and saying it's satanic. But like, it's just a rep, like this. The stories from the Bible are a repetition of those stories, and so on. And well, so yeah, on. and so, and then you yeah. look into things like King Solomon and his use of demons to create the temple, and then you look into things like him even building temples to various gods, and that Israel itself. Is uh, Ra El is Isis Ra the sun god and El Elohim as a triad or triumvirate, which is a holy trinity, and uh, the covenant of Jehovah 
is a big part of it's, it's all of the Old Testament. It's not a big part. It is the all of the Old Testament, and that the people of Israel though don't hold to the covenant, and it's constantly them worshiping various Sumerian gods, like in the Exodus. Moses, who's following the commands of Jehovah, uh, very righteously goes turns his back for just five minutes, goes up the mountain, uh, Mount Sinai, to get the the commandments. Uh, commune directly with Jehovah, and then comes down, and they're worshiping a golden cow, which is Moloch. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's a golden calf uh, from the Egyptian magic, from the Egyptian magicians who they of the Hebrews who they brought along with them. They're Sumerian deities, and it's this constant back and forth, this ebb and flow over righteous kings like King David, and covenants and holding true to the commandments of Jehovah, and their. Uh, eventual betrayals in their worship of false idols and, uh, you know, other Sumerian identity gods and stuff like that. And that's the Abrahamic perspective of it, even as it's told, right? Like, for whatever it's worth, even as it's told, it's just that story repeated, like, um, you know, it, it, it's it's just literally the message of the Old Testament is the fulfillment of the prophecies but also the challenge of other deities and other faiths and other tribes, outsiders, etc., bringing in their their uh, their always referred to as false idols because that's the message of the Old Testament. Um, and in the historical sects, we we know that there are battles, holy wars, battles between cultures and tribes, and what makes a tribe is their gods, the identities of their gods. And the the powers of their gods, etc., and that as it is right now, we have the Semitic gods, which are the Anunnaki, the ones that worshipped by Babylon, the ones worshipped by Persia, the ones worshipped who became the Zoroastrians, who you know evolved and became like the Roman pantheon. Uh, Zeus is Zoo, and the sky god Baal as Thor, and like, you know, Thor's day. Exactly, Exactly, that's one tribe, and the other tribe was the Egyptian deities and the lands of Egypt, which, as we would know, now were the Mississippi River people, and it's their uh, understanding of Isis, and yes, Isis worship was prevalent all in the Gulf of Mexico area, Texas being the star of Isis, Texas being a part of Egypt. But being a part of not like a hard Egypt where like, you know, there's one line where Egypt begins and anything outside is not Egypt. Everyone looked basically the same. Everyone acted the same. Just varying degrees like modern people. Denver, Colorado is not much different than Austin, Texas. It's not. Like no matter how much you say. And if we fall into dystopia times and we were at war with each other, it would still be the same. (laughs) It would 100% be two identical people no matter how much rivalry we had and how much difference we, we grew into. Um, same thing with Egypt and the Canaanites of Mesopotamia, right? So when Moses yeah. was like, hey, I'm going to be sent on this mission uh, because there's no place for me as the rightful heir of the throne in Egypt uh, to go out with my peoples, you know, free my peoples, go back to our lands, what's rightfully ours, uh, and take it from these uh, Canaanites, who are basically our cousins, who are our siblings, our kin, <laughs> and we're just going to bring them now our power that we've learned through Egyptian magic, and uh, you know conquer them because we're the rightful pharaohs. And this would play later on to the creation of like the 
kingdom of Israel in the Judea Valley and, and all that. So they either went to Zion National Park or Salt Lake City area where they built the city that was, you know, what would be known as Tartaria and land, you know, all the mud flood greatness out there in the West Coast, mm-hmm. which I think they did. And I think that was uh, the original land of Israel. But I think more people even left further down to Tenochtitlan, where what ultimately would become Tenochtitlan. I think that the history of the Hebrew kings has been all kind of stuffed together and like rolled up into one simple to understand thing called the history of Jerusalem. And things like King Saul to King David to King Solomon to you know all the all the events up leading up to Jesus um, and the history of Jerusalem and the history of you know Israel has been really chronic, just crunched up, and it it really is the history of the Western Hemisphere outside of the Mississippi mound builder culture. Uh, which never changed up until, like, literally the days of conquest by the Romans, who would we we will know as the Vatican, as the Vatican uh, is Rome, and they made up the entire history of their Roman history to kind of justify their ends. But they're just Phoenicians who survived the disaster that would happen in the West. And in their pursuit of rewriting history... They basically created the mythos of a Middle Eastern Israel with the real history of the West, uh, specifically the history that happened in Tignatalon over the various kings from the founding of the city and the bringing down of the Mexica, uh, who would become the Mexicans. You know, everyone, it's not even a racist thing. It's, the tribe was the Mexica. And uh, it, it, not even that, that was what they named us, uh, named the tribe. Uh, the Hebrew Brotherhood, the Hebrew line is the Issachar. They are a, they are known as a tribe of Israel, a daughter of Sarah, and it's the tribe of the Issachar. And the tribe of the Issachar came down to a pre-existing civilization to find a city that God promised them. Now in the Crazy. now in the Aztec mythology now now a lot of people know this because it's on the flag of Mexico so it's like the most well known Aztec mythology that they are the Aztecs are not from Mexico that archaeologically science uh, or history or whatever you want to call it uh, anthropology says that they are from the Wisconsin area. Whoa! So they're from a Great Lakes area. That would we would know as southern Egypt, because if the Nile River Delta is actually where New Orleans is, and that is kind of like what we would say, you know, on our map, if we just had to flip Egypt over, then the top is at the oh. bottom, the bottom is at the top. But that's still, they were in Egypt, just in the, the more rural, desolate wilderness area of it, where it gets super cold, and they decided to move to a promised land which was in the south. They crossed over the Rocky Mountain deserts, uh, you know, suffered many hardships, had to fight the mountain giants, had to fight the Amorites, had to fight many different tribes like Joshua, Jericho, uh, you know, destroyed ancient walled cities. 
that it existed before because this is where the origin of all mankind is. And all these tribes were just various Native American tribes, like the Anasazi, the Pueblo people, the Navajo, uh, whatever we would like to call them today, that they were either the survivors of or the, or the actual tribes encountered by these people. And that those stories did not happen in the Middle East. They happened in America and the Western Hemisphere. Now, by the time they got to Mexico City, or geographically where Mexico City is now, there was a lake and a settlement in the lake, and they saw the vision that was promised to them by God. And that was an eagle eating a snake, with, and the snake is in its beak, you know, killing the snake. Um, and you can make out that symbolism. It's very clear as day. The eagle triumphing, uh, being triumphant over the serpent, killing Satan, killing evil, killing the reptilian, the eagle, uh, you know, the dove of God, the bird symbolism, always represented then the eagle of Egypt, the eagle of Ra. These were culturally Egyptian people, regardless of the fact they're not Egyptian, it's Goshen or Kemet. The symbolism is still there. Horus, the Osirian uh, worship, the falcon, the eagle, the you know the bird of prey, it's mm-hmm. and these people have arrived, just like the Hebrews arrived in the he- the Israel Valley, and they brought war, and they were undefeated in their trek across the desert against all the hostile tribes and civilizations that previously existed there, because it was a holy war, and unapologetically they were now at full-on genocide war levels with all the various tribes that lived around them. Just like the Aztecs were. Very famous for being. And just like the ancient Israelites are written of, King Solomon built a massive temple to the sun. And it wasn't called King Solomon, but he was called Neocoatl. Oh, sorry, I, I, I have my notes a little mixed up. Sorry, that wasn't that was Neocoatl's son. Neocoatl was King David. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So, as as referenced, a lot of the Hebrew stuff was all crunched up into one easy to understand package we call the Old Testament, which is set in the Middle East. Um, there was a figure in Aztec mythology, as it is read, as it's canon right now in in the actual academics, that is so clearly a one-on-one for King David that it's it had to actually be mentioned in the the biographical video I watched on him that it's almost a parallel of his life word for word from being hunted by or being uh, exiled and hunted by the father of the woman that he married who was the king uh, at the time an evil King Saul figure to defeating that King Saul figure as an outcast in battle and then uh, taking over the throne when that king died of old age, and then uh, going on to having uh, basically stewardship over his entire kingdom, but then kind of becoming corrupt and doing exactly what King David did, leading a soldier into a battle he knew he would die in so that he could marry his wife, etc., etc., etc. Now, et cetera, et cetera. now we know the King David story as the Semitic story, 
Uh, oh, he killed the Phoenicians. He was at war with the Phoenicians. King Saul. These were Hebrews. The Ark of the Covenant, you know, building the, the tabernacle, all that. Eating the showbread. This was all Aztec and Issachar or Mayan or however you want to look at it, Mexico, uh, symbolism as well, including everything from eating the showbread being a ritualized human sacrifice, eating the human bread, eating the bread of God, you know, committing a taboo in holy worship to uh, killing his enemies in battle, the Philistines, he was a great warrior, to refusing to wear metal armor and choosing armor of cotton or to fight in the nude or enforcing that in his men. And it's just, like, for those who have eyes to see, it's too many parallels. And it's, it's, it's this that I think a lot of people have the hurdle with. It's because of the names... Like when when you hear Neocoatl, it becomes almost impossible to imagine this person as a human being. But if you hear King David, all of a sudden you can put a face to it, because it's a face that's been given to us. Because this is the thing like they want us to think in a certain way, an Anglified way, regardless of this person was Aryan or not, because the tribe came from Wisconsin. Um, so it it's. You know, like I said, I, I believe these people actually were physically Aryan. I believe these people were physically Caucasian. Like in the Mexico area, you mean? Yeah, and, and people don't realize Mexico is a very complicated place ethnically, and there are Caucasian peoples. There are bl uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people in Mexico. There are. There are Chinese people in Mexico. There are black people who are native to Mexico. Mexico is as geographically, or a population as diverse as America, if not more so, because it has various other cultures that we kind of lump together. We just call them Hispanics, but like, you know, the various Caribbean peoples, the various different uh, mixes and ethnicities, uh, Creole. Um, it, it's like, I think they have something where like uh, 27 different recognized tribes, like Native American tribes. That are Native Americans even today, like you know, they're they're not considered mixed or anything. Like they have, they were just there. They have been forever. Like uh, the the uh, the people in the mountains and stuff, or the West Coast. It's it's Mexico's as large as the North America as the United States, physically. Huh. It only has twenty five million people in it, though, so it's mostly empty. Yeah, you know, I just I just made a reel about like all this um ancient, well, like this American art from like the seventeen hundreds and eighteen hundreds that depicted American Indians as like com they look completely African. Yeah, and like they have like Moorish clothes and stuff on, and like it's censored so bad. I think I got like two hundred views on it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, there's the Moorish reality, which is uh, the the African. What we see, it's it's weird to talk about it. The black population is not African American. There is almost no such thing as that. It's all indigenous Caribbean people and North American people or South American people. Um, they're indigenous, though. They're absolutely indigenous. And I, I have a lot of controversies with Africa, the out-of-Africa story, the Africa as a genesis of culture story, and even the, the fact that, like, anything or any any real people lived in Africa, they were all from America first. 
including all tribes that I think were put over there uh, to kind of create photo shoots by National Geographic and by uh, slave traders. I think the slave trade worked the opposite way. They captured people from the Amazon rainforest and the Caribbean islands and Central and South America and North America and shipped them to Africa. Yeah, I'm starting to think that too. And also, like, uh, they do their best with Africa to, like, try and cover anything interesting that is just, like, Egypt. Because I learned a lot of Ethiopia, and I was just like, wow, nobody knows this. Like, you think Africa is a woodland. Like, that's a picture they, like, deliver to us. And, like, anything interesting in our world in Africa is just Egypt, and that's it. But, like, really, there's a strangers and structures everywhere. Well, here's a weird thing about the skin color. Here's a weird thing about the skin color that I want to get into. Okay, so Phoenicians, and, and the, the word Phoenicians, uh, who made a, the, the empire of Carthage, who uh, I believe play a big part to the later survival of the disaster. Um, the, basically, I call them the survivors of Atlantis, because at this time, Israel is Atlantis, and Israel is, like I said, taken over, uh, by Babylon, and then allowed to exist again, and there is a lot of history in between there that's parallel with the history of like South and Central America and these major city states and organiz like you know families and dynasties, um, that I think is exact. Like I said, just the Old Testament history is given new names, are uh, and and um, the people skin color. All of the pharaohs that have ever been found have been Caucasian, specifically uh, with Aryan features such as ginger hair or RH negative blood, right? And uh, same with all the Aztec empire uh, with emperors that we have, any kind of mummified remains. Same as the Incan, with, they have blue eyes in Peru. And now this is not local to the phenotype that we're comment about i think these people just converted to catholicism and and were in taken over and just called spanish or have lied about their pedigree to such a degree or that history has been lied to by such a degree that we can no longer know where these people even came from or where they originated and we assume they're just their native population like americans there are more irish people that live in america than in ireland and we want to believe that it's because there was a famine in Ireland and all of them came to America and because there's no famine here, they just bred like rabbits. Oh, that's interesting, eh? No, it's because the Irish are from America and they went to Ireland. (laughs) And most of Ireland didn't even believe in contraception for a really long time. Well, just the idea behind that, like... Like Catholic roots. That there's 300 million Americans, 300 plus million Americans, nearly 400 million Americans, and there are so few Europeans... Yeah, and everyone's Irish in North America, it seems like. Like, I apparently have a bit of Irish. It's because it's a native phenotype. And, okay, so when oh, okay. the Irish are shirtless in the sun, they turn red, right? Yeah. This is not even... Uh, so, common sense, the people turn red. And the Phoenicians were known both because they were red of skin and they wore red paint that would heighten this, and in, like it was literally like they painted themselves red, and they went to war, 
uh, wearing red, and their flags had white and red stripes, and their shields were red, and their boats were painted red, and everything about them had this red coloration to it, right? And they became known commonly as the Phoenicians. And Phoenicians are like the fiery ones. Uh, it means red. Uh, basically, these people were defeated by the, the um, Hebrews, right? And then they went into the exodus of their own and formed colonies. And in the academic history of the world, these colonies are all along the Mediterranean with their uh, cities being like uh, uh, Troy and Carthage. And these cities are very famous academically for being destroyed. Because I think both they were destroyed in war, but also this is the kind of thing, like all their old cities... They kind of either demolished or were intentionally destroyed, saying that these people were kind of like, you know, there's a reason why they're enemies with the West. Like, there's a reason for this. There's an actual war in which um, I think the survivors of started going covert and started doing things like rewriting history and living in Europe, being kind of chased by these armies of the Western Hemisphere until the Great Disaster happened so that they could kind of come back. And in the, this effort, they created what we would know as the Crusades or the Reconquista, which are one in the same. The Crusades were not people from Europe going into the Middle East Although that did happen because they were colonizing it, they were exploring it, they were taking over this land that didn't have cities in it yet. That basically was brand new and empty. And from there, taking the resources, brainwashing the few local people that they could find, they were then invading the West again from Europe, from the Mediterranean, from North Africa, um, the Iberian Peninsula, England. And these uh, Phoenicians had rebranded themselves, had modernized, modernized, modernized themselves into the Vatican, or what we would know as the Vatican. Same coloration of the Knights Templar, white and red shields, the Rothschild family. It is a, it is a complete unified European force at this point. Uh, you could say it originated in Rome, right? Uh, the Vatican, mm -hmm. and that it not only militarily started to take over the Western Hemisphere after the Great Disaster, but academically is the guilty party and rewriting all of the history of the world. And everything that we know about from the history of the Hebrews, uh, what we know and identify as the Jews, who we think the Africans are, are um, the black indigenous peoples of America, what we think we know as truth, what we think of Asia, what we think of Tartaria, what we think of the ancient world, what we think of the Great Flood, all of it was written by these people who are the survivors of Atlantis, for lack of a better identity. They are the people from the Western world with knowledge of the Western world's 
original supremacy in all things, like its original location basically being the setting of all things uh, that have ever happened on Earth involving human beings. And they are literally the only survivors of that with that knowledge and have completely convinced the world otherwise so that they could be the only inheritors of this treasure. And this, I feel, actually is disclosed, and I I only bring this up because I watched the films last night, in the films National Treasure and National Treasure 2. Now, I know that sounds kind of silly, but like I watched the films last night, and at both reveals... Okay, no, it, it doesn't sound silly, because I just recently watched them with my daughter, and I was like, holy fuck, there's so many crazy things from hidden history that they don't tell us that's like little nuggets in them, those movies. It's really strange, but go on, sorry, with your point. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, it's exactly, if you actually just... Like, it, this is now kind of get lighthearted, because it's a very serious subject, and, like, you know, just to kind of make like a real world aside to it so you can see like a pop culture kind of thing people love pop culture i love it too mm-hmm. um I, I, my, I was i was kind of blown away by seeing back-to-back examples of it um in the first movie the treasure when they open the treasure room you see an egyptian sarcophagus literally the king tut sculpture uh gold right there and the whole point of that is the american founding fathers stole all this treasure and they kept it secret, right? With the Freemasons. It just straight up talks about the fucking Freemasons, by the way. It's a movie made by Disney that's just straight up, yeah, the Freemasons are secret. They have codes. They've been rewriting history and keeping secrets forever. They lie to us. They have no respect for us as a people. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're not one of them. You know, and it's like, okay. And then they tell you the secret when they open the treasure room. There is an Egyptian sarcophagus right first scene. He's standing right next to it. And it's, they want you to think it's because they stole that history, which they did. But not from ancient Egypt. They stole it from America. That's all the American treasure that they collected in the colonies and in the 50 states. And it's been pooling, kind of like, you know, like they collect the our entire history and keep it as a secret treasure for themselves. And the second film, the treasure is a Spanish or is, is a Native American city of gold named Cibola. Now this yeah. is a fictionalized place and it's in the it's behind Mount Rushmore. And the whole reveal is that Mount Rushmore was made to hide this big ass city made of gold. And that the mountain is hollow and that ancient Native Americans were so accomplished at creating underground cities. It's just kind of been sitting there this whole time and no one's known but that Americans yeah. know about it. Americans have known about it since the Confederate War days, which it goes into a big thing rabbit hole too. Because I don't think the Confederate War ever happened, or the Civil War ever happened. I believe that was. I don't a, think so either. I, I yeah. think that was a cleanup job. Exactly. That was. Well, those were like the photos of like, like I said, when the West started getting invaded. It first started getting invaded in Mexico, the Caribbean. Uh, Canada on the edges it literally took until like the late 1800s for them to conquer quote unquote conquer North America Um, the Native American Indian Wars weren't finished until the 1930s like they were still finding 
uncontacted Native Americans up until the 1930s in North America. It took literally Later, from... Later, where I'm from, like in the north of Canada, that there was like uncontacted people in the 80s that they were finding. Exactly. Because like, my husband's mom worked with like some social programs that helped them like have it, like um, rehabilitate them or like assimilate them. No, exactly. And I think that a lot of American history from the 16 to 17, the 1800s, and even to the 1900s is finding Native American populations and re-educating them. And it's not, a, it's not necessarily a war, but it, it, is, it, it did get violent, but it's not like people think. It's more like there were just, there was a lot of like nothing, like a lot of empty land with like whole cities just abandoned. And they'd find these like tribes of people who were living off buffalo herds and like, you know, living off the land. And and they were like Mad Max tribes. And that these Phoenicians, who had knowledge of the true history of the world, right, who were survivors of this once populated area, um, would, you know, assimilate them, either kill off the men who were resisted, uh, you know, uh, re-educate the women, Christianize them, uh, create missions and stuff like that for them. And then, and then just use them to do the same to other people. And, like, if you really look into it, the Buffalo Soldier, for example, a lot of uh, indoctrinated black soldiers in the Cavalry Union troops and stuff like that after the Civil War, a lot of Confederates just became cowboys and did the same thing uh, and just went colonized the West, were given massive land leases and things like that. Uh, and Central and South America especially. Like, uh, a lot of people who are Americans uh, who were involved in the Civil War have history in Mexico and have history in, like, South America and Central America. Like, like just kind of fucking things up. Like, it's kind of weird to, to say it because people don't want to talk about it. But, yeah, America's got a huge, like, terrible history of controlling and conquering, like, Honduras and, like, the Dominican Republic and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. like sending the Marines down there and, and just like terrorizing people, creating these banana republics. It's the same process. That's all colonization. It's if it has any other name, it's like people get caught up in names. I think what happened from the 1400s, which was Christopher Columbus, quote unquote, coming over to the Atlantic ocean and conquering, um, you know, like with his men, like not him, but like, you know, over time, the success of conquistadors and the conquista, uh, that would happen over from the, from the 1400s to, uh, eventually evolve into, you know, America taking over like Costa Rica and stuff like that for bananas. Um, that's all one big process. That's all one big evolution of things. And, like I said, it's only until the 1913s that we started having things like the federal government controlling education. And so that's the 20th century is like really where this kind of like really becomes reality, where the fake history becomes the real history or the only history yeah. that we can learn. And it's just the last hundred years where we've been like super under the spell, I think. 
right. Yeah, and and it's only around that same time that coincidentally, uh, people start exploring and finding all the ancient world stuff that literally people thought was legend and didn't exist in the Middle East and in Greeks and in like they find Troy. They find a city that's in all these poems and all these mythologies that they've carefully created and cultivated, by the way. Who, who do you think translated the Iliad into English? The Freemasons. The university system. The Phoenicians that have already colonized and built their stronghold not in the West, but in the Europe. And it's all from European academics that this even is possible. Like, who do you think translated Plato's uh, you know, idea of Atlantis, the story of the Republic, uh, you know, European academics. So they, they can edit and, and change whatever they need to change so it's not so obvious. But ultimately, they keep... They're kind of keep... sloppy about stuff, too. Like, they, they do change stuff, but then they just kind of think, like, everyone's a little bit of a lame, and then, like, there's everywhere and stuff everywhere. Oh yeah, and it, it gets even weirder when it goes into the Mexican side of things, like with the the Central and South American and Mayan Aztec stuff. Like I said, the Aztecs is not what they called themselves. The Aztecs is a name given to them uh, from the Azteca um, root word, and then that's from the Mexico word, and then the Mexico word is not what was given to them either. That was given to them by their enemies. And then like all, you learn that Almost everything about Native Americans is wrong. Like, all the names are wrong. Um, all the city names are wrong. All the tribal things are wrong. Every description of them is wrong. All their... Um, in, like, it was all written by their enemies. The Spanish. Mm -hmm. They had no incentive to make these people look good in any single capacity. And even then, they couldn't lie about it. The real... And the real original writings are like these people are fucking amazing. They have, like, like they built like when the Spanish saw Tenochtitlan, they thought it was like a dream. They they didn't understand how it was so clean and like pristine and efficient and like well built and like the just the, the roads alone were like marvelous. And like I said, I don't think it happened the way they want us to think where it was like, you know, they conquered and took it over because they're just so badass in like, you know, the Catholic church is just so high tech and, you know, like it had swords made of metal and stuff. I think it was, you know, the fact that it was a popular uprising and, you know, the many Phoenician survivors helped, you know, basically, overthrow the few Israelite survivors that were left defending the ruins of these cities, you know, as best they could. And, and I don't hold anyone to be the good guy or the bad guy. I think it's just these various weird tribes and their, their different pantheons and various worships. Like I said, the Phoenicians, worshipped Isis, and I think it's a tribe that worships Isis and uh, versus a tribe that worships the sun. Yeah. It's, it's a solar cult uh, who are the people of Ra, Israel, and um, yeah. and the people of the Phoenicians who are the people who are red, who wear red, who are uh, signified by red. Both the Vatican and Knights Templar, the Rothschilds, uh, Britain, for example, the British flag, 
uh, and the American flag, and as well as flags of French people, uh, Russia. And there's a whole study there. The the power of red and the, this tribe of red. Uh, you know, like it's it's. You know, you know what's crazy about that when you say like, raw, like the sun worshiper, the like Isis or Ra. That's like f- feminine or masculine. That's like a male god or a female god. And like, um, I don't know if you know this, but like they used to call America Colombia, and they had a goddess named Colombia. And like, there's just so much homage to like goddess culture all the way up until the Rothschild takeover then it shifted to like male and then they introduced uncle sam and stuff like that but yeah um, it was really like like everything was like goddess themed in in the early america and what they say they built that what was already here and so it's interesting that you talk about like isis and the mississippi and like the goddess worship and how they shifted it to like a male god kind of worship or like yeah, well, society. it's it's always this battle between the two, and I think that a lot of, like, say, like, when the Catholics, uh, people don't know the Catholics are are uh, ISIS-worshipping cult. They, the Virgin Mary is, is yeah. their deity, and Jesus Christ is an ancillary figure to it, and that yeah. with the Vatican is an ISIS-worshipping cult that created um, a lot of its own mythology from, and it's open about it, cre- uh, merging the Roman pantheon with the Judeo-Christian pantheon, mm-hmm. right? So it basically created its own mythology from its root source, the Roman pantheon. And the Romans were Phoenicians. That was a colony of the Phoenicians. And that colony began in America. And like I said, Colombia, the the same deities, the same pantheon was worshipped in our hemisphere because its origins, as are the origins of all things, or in the Western Hemisphere. Um, just like saying that um, the Aztecs, Quetzalcoatl, is a lot like the Egyptian uh, winged serpent, right? Ptah. Yeah. Or Toth. Yeah. And it, it's, yes, it's similar because they're in their neighbors, their cousins. They're like literally, literally siblings. And um, the same thing is true with saying that, like, um, King Solomon... And, and his temple and the sacred geometry that goes into it, which is a big part of Judaism and Kabbalah, uh, is mm-hmm. the same in many ways as the Semitic Babylonian astrotheologic uh, teachings of the Chaldeans and things like that. The, the thing I want to kind of enforce is that's not controversial. That is absolutely understood as just religious and cultural uh, you know, proximities and like the the relationships between them all. Like what I'm saying is controversial is the fact that it happened in the Western Hemisphere, not Europe, not North Africa, not the Mesopotamia, not the Mediterranean, not the Middle East. Mecca uh, is not in Saudi Arabia. It's like in Cuba, you know? And there's a reason why Cuba is called Cuba. The... Muslims, the Moors, did not originate on the Barbary Coast or Libya or, you know, the Arab Sea. They were in the Caribbean Sea, the Carib- okay. Arabian, the Arabian Sea, right, Caribbean. Right when you were saying where Mecca was, you cut out. And you're like, Mecca is, and it cut out, so I didn't hear. So did you say it was in the Mecca's Caribbean? Mecca's in Cuba. Sorry. 
Cuba. Oh. Cuba. Well, I mean, things like people don't realize that the Muslim world is not the Middle East either. The Muslim world is based in um, the the Mesopotamia, the Fertile Crescent of the Caribbean, the um, the Gulf Coast. Uh, it's all evolved into each other. It's all been separated and cast into the four corners of the wind. And they all want you to think that they're not geographically related. Uh, and if they are, it's because of the Eastern Asian routes, like trade routes and things like that, of, of uh, intellect. But it's not. Like, they want you to think, even in the Great Reset terms, that Tartaria was uh, in Asia, which it is. But the technologies of Tartaria, the accomplishments of the Old World, are in the Western Hemisphere, in North America or South America or Mexico, um specifically Mexico and Central and South America, as well as the Mississippi Mountain I think, like, they, sorry, I think that they call it Tartaria specifically to, like, make us think it's localized in that certain area. Exactly. And there's no remnants for any cities, really, in that area. Like, the whole Mongolian Empire thing. Like, they want you to think that like this, it's barren there, basically. Exactly. This tribe took over the world, yet there's not a single standing foundation or building. Yet they want you to pretend that a civilization that created 200,000 cities across the Mississippi River Delta had no lasting impression in history, never took over or conquered anyone, and uh, never contributed anything in terms of technology, like fire or the wheel or anything. And yeah. it, it's like that's that's harder to believe now that I've seen with my open eyes. Like I guess this is my closing statements. Uh, that's harder to believe now that I know the truth than thinking that uh, people who literally planted the Amazon rainforest or literally uh, created cities above the clouds, like in Machu Picchu, and that there are monoliths that still cannot be reproduced in the Inca mountains and the Andes mountain range and up and down South America and that uh, Central and South America are filled densely with monolithic pyramids and uh, paved roads and highways and cities that rival even modern cities, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that these people didn't have fucking boats and couldn't sail across an ocean. That these people who had a calendar that la- that was accurate for over two thousand years didn't know and had maps accurately drawn of the coastline of Antarctica like hundreds of years before we even figured out what it looked like. That that had con- that knowledge of the constellations that knew the stars so accurately as to create you know calendar is that like the 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 archae- the architecture that's like you know precise down to a certain degree when the sun sets, you know, it makes the right shadows and stuff that these people like just couldn't conceive of Europeans uh, like in any way, shape or form, like didn't have metal, didn't have an army able to stop them. Just didn't know that they weren't gods. Like they just want you to think that they were like children. And, and this is absolutely when you realize the big lie that it's 100% bullshit that no one knows and no one wants to talk and no one knows in academia the truth or no one wants to talk about the truth 
which is... They won't talk about it. Yeah, these people were the most powerful people on Earth. These people uh, had the a world empire, if you could call it that, that every person alive knew who they were, respected them, and traded with them, and dealt with them, and that the only tribes that existed back then were under these people's powers. Either these two rival kingdoms, these two rival tribes that were basically related to each other, just like how Israel and Babylon and uh, Egypt are related to each other in the ancient world, just like how Rome and Egypt are related to each other in the ancient world. And just like how, uh, you know, nowadays major nations are related to each other, like Mexico and the United States. They... 100% 100% operated as modernly as possible. So always keep that in mind. It's modern men, no matter what time, it, they're the modern men. They're the, they're the most modern and educated and high-tech men that exist. And it's always the same, no matter who they are. Uh, psychologically, physically, you know, human beings are human beings. But the truth is, that our Bible, that our religions, that our Abrahamic faiths have been hijacked, that our schools, that our education systems have been hijacked. They want us to believe fairy tales. They want us to believe uh, a completely bogus history that makes mankind uh, seem trivial and just pathetic and like very confused. And it's, the, the amount of evidence that they're suppressing is overwhelming. Like, I mean, I have to recommend a channel on YouTube called Old World Florida. Uh, first Everyone and fo- keeps recommending me that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to because that, that's where I did a lot of my research, Tim. But I also recommend everyone just doing their own research and, like, watch uh, watch independent history. Watch other in, uh, history documentaries that give detail presentations on these cultures and you will see quickly that we don't know of we don't know anything about them like we don't know anything about it's like we don't know jack about shit man we don't yeah. like we really yeah. like just everything we think we know is just a fairy tale it's just a disney story it's a lie that these people um you know like all the monuments built by them they had the exact the america was called columbia that we've had presidents before George Washington, that um, the Native American tribes became American colonists, not the other way around. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Mm-hmm. And it, and a lot of it comes down to just that. Like it, it's you got to keep sane, but once you start going down this rabbit hole, you will feel insane very fast. Yeah, it's true, but it's good to just find other people that are going into it too, and then you ha- you kind of make a little tribe and you add clues together with each other. Like after this show, I'm like reframing the way I'm looking at things because as you went through and said a lot of the things you said, it started to make things that never made sense to me make more sense that I found about fake history. So thanks for coming on today, and I'm sorry I have to cut this short because I feel like we could talk forever, but... Um, I'm just really happy you came and shared all your research with us today. Do you want to just like quickly tell people where to find you and like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said before, link tree slash beyond top secret text in all lowercase, all one word is going to be the best place to find me and all my web activities, Perfect. social media pages, etc. 
Uh, Twitter for right now is where I post most of my videos and, and uh, dark web stuff. Uh, the podcast, you can check out the podcast anywhere podcasts are found, the major ones and the minor ones, uh, as well as go on my own webpage, which is podpage.com slash beyond top secret Texan. Google beyond, uh, beyond top secret Texan. Um, that podcast, uh, you should get uh, your results, you know, first page. Um, but Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan will bring you to the directory. You can choose from there your preference and how you want to follow me. I uh, greatly appreciate all followers, new and old alike. Greatly appreciate people who support, just even for one episode. So thank you very much, uh, Stranger. Uh, sorry, Strange Neighborhoods. My name's Kaylin. You can Kaylin. Uh, on here, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I see it, Kayla. Yeah, well, this is the Strange Neighborhood podcast, and yeah. for having me on, and uh, you know, would love to come back, and uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, share more of this information with you. No problem. It sounds and like your you audience. have lots more to get into too. <laughs> no problem. But, uh, yeah, so you'll have to come back for sure. But yeah, thanks for coming on today. All right, thank you, and uh, no problem. Thanks uh, from one shadow band person oh, to another. Yeah, I'm sorry I stopped it right before you finished up there. But um, so it should. I'm not sure if you can see this here, but on your if your screen's the same as mine, but it has like a little. But Saturn names it says MP3. 